Welcome to the Edge Talk Radio Network, your weekly source for information, empowerment, and connection. The Edge Magazine and its advertisers bring you inspired interviews and conversation on learning and healing, on our sacred journey, and on topics that expand beyond time and space. Now, welcome today's host. My name is Elise Markwam-Johns, and I'd like to welcome you to our February 5th, 2019 edition of Learning Well on Edge Blog Talk Radio. And we want to say a special thanks to Normandale Community College in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is our sponsor each month for Learning Well. We're so pleased to have Dr. Raphael Kelman as our guest this evening. Dr. Kelman is an author and an internationally recognized authority on how our microbiome influences our health. A pioneer in the fields of holistic and functional medicine, Dr. Kelman has connected the dots between the brain, the gut, the microbiome, and the thyroid, and has developed groundbreaking approaches to losing weight, diminishing anxiety, and depression, and increasing brain function. Dr. Kelman will be joining us in just a few minutes, so please stay with us. As I mentioned earlier, Learning Well is sponsored by the Integrative Health Education Center at Normandale Community College in Minneapolis. If you're interested in learning about traditional or integrative and holistic health, the center offers literally hundreds of classes for individuals and businesses, and I wanted to take just a few moments to let you know about a few upcoming classes that I thought you might find to be of particular interest. There's a class on the energy of food, creating a right relationship to substances, which will be offered on Saturday, February 9th from 9 to 4 p.m. Many of us struggle with food, challenged by food issues, cravings, overweight, allergies, sensitivities, addictions, or just plain confusion. And this class will cover the little-known contributors to these challenges, which are the subtle energies affecting and creating our relationship with food. In addition, there will be information on the subtle or invisible energies composing the physiological, psychological, epigenetic, and subtle anatomical issues that create and clear food issues. Awaken Your Power to Self-Heal is a class that will be offered on Tuesday, February 12th from 5.30 to 7.30. Over 75% of all primary health care visits are directly related to stress. In this workshop, participants will learn the concepts and tools necessary to bring healing and awareness into their own life to reduce unwanted stress and increase their power to self-heal. On Wednesday, February 13th, from 6 to 9 p.m., a class titled Adrenal Fatigue, Stress, Survival Symptoms, and Healing will be available. The purpose of the adrenal glands is to help the body cope with stresses and survive. An individual's resiliency, energy, and endurance in life itself depends on their proper functioning. Symptoms of adrenal fatigue include PMS, carbon sweet cravings, being tired in the afternoon, and having a second wind at night. Class members will learn more about adrenal fatigue, signs and symptoms, and how to cope with the stress and solutions to healing as well. A class focusing on thyroid health will be held on Wednesday, February 20th from 6 to 9 p.m. Data indicates that about 13 to 15 billion adults suffer from hydro 
uh, hypothyroidism. In this class, you will discover a holistic approach to supporting the thyroid gland as a major metabolic gland of the body and how to avoid disease. Students will learn to identify signs and symptoms of thyroid disease and how to support the adrenal glands. A class that's part of the Energy Medicine series called Energy Anatomy Centers will be offered on Saturday, February 23rd from 9 to 4 p.m. Across time, cultures have assessed energy centers to diagnose challenging conditions, heal disease, balance emotions, cleanse the mind, create abundance, and perform everything from manual to supernatural feats. Energy work necessitates a thorough knowledge of these centers, especially the chakras, for the same purpose. This class will offer participants the opportunity to explore these systems and the spiritual and scientific explanation for how they work. Participants will also gain skills in assessing, clearing, and healing through the chakras. And an Aromatherapy Foundation certificate course will be held every Monday from 6 to 9 p.m. starting February 25th and continuing through March 18th. This hands-on certificate will introduce participants to foundational concepts and best practices of holistic aromatherapy. Practical knowledge and tools that can be easily integrated into a daily lifestyle to help restore balance and enhance well-being will be covered. Essential oils will be explored through both a scientific and holistic, pers holistic perspective, and students will learn how to use them in ways that are economical, effective, and safe. In addition, class participants will be able to use their new skills to create several take-home products to incorporate into their self-care routine. If any of these courses sound intriguing, you can get more information about these and other classes by calling 952-358-8343 by emailing Normandale at ncal at normandale.edu or visiting their website at normandale.edu forward slash ce. And now it's my pleasure to introduce our guest tonight, Dr. Raphael Kelman. Dr. Kelman is a respected author and board-certified physician. He's a graduate of Albert Einstein School of Medicine and has worked also as a cancer researcher for Sloan Kettering Memorial Hospital. During the past two decades, Dr. Kelman has treated thousands of patients, developing a global reputation for investigating the root causes of disease and pioneering the use of functional and microbiome medicine. As a doctor trained in internal medicine, Dr. Kelman helps patients with specific complex illnesses as well as those with myriad symptoms and no clear diagnosis. His patient-centered holistic practice focuses on the complex interaction of each patient's systems, not only on the disease, but on the entire individual. He draws on the latest research to address patients' biochemistry, metabolism, hormones, genetics, environment, emotions, and life circumstances to help them achieve optimal health. In addition to providing patient care and managing a thriving medical practice, Dr. Kelman also publishes and lectures all over the world, advocating for whole patient care and discussing his cutting-edge approach to curing illness through healing the microbiome. He is the author of The Microbiome Diet and most recently, The Microbiome Breakthrough. Dr. Kelman, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us on Learning Well this evening. Oh, thank you. Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, I first just 
ask if you could please share with our listeners how you first became interested in just the whole area of functional and integrative medicine. Sure. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, there was never a point in my life that I wasn't interested in it. It was um, a way of thinking that was kind of already um, ingrained in me, um, a holistic way of seeing um, seeing interconnectedness and a unity of seemingly disconnected parts was uh, just the way I saw things, um, really from the get-go. Uh, so, and then I studied um, philosophy of science, and what I learned philosophy of science is that all the sciences, other than the field of medicine, sees nature um, in terms of systems, systems theory, how systems interact and interconnect with each other to produce a whole that's more than the sum of its parts is a fundamental um, tenet of, uh, of, of science, of nature, science of nature, every discipline of science. And, and in physics, um, a hundred years ago, there was a revolution in physics with quantum mechanics and Einstein's theories where the separation between the observer and what is observed between subject and object and uh, human consciousness, that it's, the interconnectedness became just the normal way of seeing things. So that being said, uh, it was obvious that this must be a applied to the field of medicine. And that's exactly the way I approached um, medicine from the get-go in terms of understanding health, the origins of health, how we heal, and why we get sick. And so it was always my way of thinking. And uh, I was always interested in the big picture, in a global view, because when you see things in pieces, piecemeal, you can't properly understand how nature really is working. And so I always wanted that high vantage point. So I was always interested in the ecology. I was interested in bacteria. I was interested in what you don't see in the unseen world. <clears throat> and I knew how much bacteria, uh, what kind of a role they play on Earth, on life on Earth. Without bacteria, there'd be no life on Earth. I was always fascinated by the fact that we don't see any of the bacteria, yet without bacteria, we would have nothing on Earth but rocks. That being said, I also knew that it must be playing a, a vast role within us, and we did know that there were you know, significant numbers of bacteria within us. <clears throat> they were classified as good versus bad bacteria. I never really bought into that notion of bad bacteria. I always looked at things in terms of the context so I was there at the cusp, ready for the research to explode about how vast the, my, the, the microbiome is. And that was only because of the technology that we developed. <clears throat> that, um, the, the information about the microbiome uh, became accessible. Um, and now, sure enough, the microbiome is becoming a household term. And its implications for medicine and health and healing is profound. 
And another term that's becoming almost household is the term functional medicine. I understand the Cleveland Clinic has a two-year waiting list for people who want to get into that clinic uh, just because of the functional medicine appellation. But could you share with uh, our listeners who were not familiar with that term functional medicine, how does it differ from standard Western medical approaches? Well, sure. You know, this the old, the old way of medicine, and, and, and it has a role today, too, of course, is treating the symptoms, um, uh, for example, let's say uh, hypertension. Uh, the blood pressure is extremely high. You could get a stroke. Um, so there are medications that um, block, uh, let's say, a biochemical reaction, and it just lowers the blood pressure, okay? So it's, it's really working on a, um, a superficial cause. And by doing so, you're bringing the blood pressure down. However, the deeper causes of why one has the hypertension and also what's associated with this elevation of pressure is not being addressed. So, for example, we know that one has very high blood pressure. There's dysfunction of the inner lining of the vessels. It's called endothelial dysfunction. Uh, And that's because... It could be inflammation, uh, free radicals, unstable compounds, and not enough antioxidants to, um, I guess, to silence, so to speak, to silence these uh, back, these um, free radicals, to bind to them and to deactivate them. And, and then there's inflammation. The immune system is overly active, and that's what we call endothelial dysfunction, so it doesn't have this the flexibility that it needs to have for the vessels to function properly. So it may be lowering the pressure, but the underlying endothelial dysfunction remains. So, yes, you're going to reduce your chances of a stroke, but you're still not improving the function. And there's research to show that if you have two groups of patients, um, one that has very high blood pressure, but it normalized with three blood pressure medications, and then there's another group that has, that has normal blood pressure and did not need the, uh, blood pressure medication. So they have the same blood pressure. And you follow these two groups of patients, the group of patients that had um, normalized their pressure with medications and that their blood pressure was the same as the other group, they had a much higher incidence of stroke. Yeah. Go figure. But it makes sense because... The blood pressure was good, but the function wasn't good. So it still, it still led to disease. Now, improving function means uh, that every cell, every organ, there are countless number of biochemical reactions occurring. Genes are being read and proteins, uh, uh, peptides are being produced, and enzymes are being produced as the cell reads the DNA. And then there's metabolism and energy production and uh, repair um, and uh, rebuilding broken uh, cell membranes. Ongoing energy production is needed. Now, this could become suboptimal in function, right? There could be too many free radicals and the mitochondria where energy is produced could be damaged. So suboptimal energy production, optimal energy production, the work can't get done. 
So if it's a corporation and the work is not getting done sufficiently, it becomes a failing corporation. It's the same thing in medicine and health. We could look at how cells, organs, and systems are functioning, and we can improve it. That's called functional medicine. By improving it, now all of a sudden, your heart's working better. You're less short of breath. You're not getting palpitations. Uh, if it's the, the, the gut, you're improving how the gut is functioning. Now you have less constipation, less bloating, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Same thing with the brain. And now all of a sudden, you could improve with this treatment. Now you could improve the way the brain is functioning. Now, if, you, if, if this goes on and dysfunction continues and continues, then it, it, it could show up as a quote-unquote disease. Um, disease are based their arbitrary definitions uh, what a disease is, but that underlying process of the disorder of the disease was always there. It was just getting worse and worse until a certain biomarker showed up, and now it's called a disease. So, for example, this chronic inflammation coming from the microbiome being unhealthy, leading to immunological imbalances and this widespread inflammation, and you're getting joint pain and muscle pain and brain fog, and the bloods look normal. Well, you wait around a year or two, now all of a sudden it shows rheumatoid factor is positive. Mm. Now they'll label it as, ah, you have rheumatoid arthritis. But six months before, before they picked up that biomarker, the person still had the same joint pain, and they had the same underlying inflammatory process occurring, but it wasn't defined as a disease with a certain drug that doctors would use to reduce the symptoms, but not necessarily but to, to treat the causes. Even like the, the new drugs, the immune immunological drugs, what they're doing is they're they're stifling a component of the immune system that's overactive. So, but again, it's not healing at the root cause. It's throwing a monkey wrench into <clears throat> biological processes in the immune system's processes. And for some, this is lifesaver, but it's not reaching the cause. Functional medicine can treat the causes. Um, I see autoimmune disorders day in and day out. And I see this over and over again that we can reverse the disease. Frequently, patients who are already on medications could get off of them or certainly reduce them. By and large, they can get off of them. And, um, and they feel so much better because they're treating the root cause. Uh, so that's functional you know medicine. Thank you. Uh, in your book, The Microbiome Breakthrough, you talk about your work with a particular patient named Annette, which I thought was a fascinating study. She struggled with mild depression and irritable bowel ever since high school, and when she encountered the stress of her first job, she started suffering from more intense depression, even punctuated by panic attacks. She gained weight, developed sleep problems, had increasingly worse gastrointestinal problems, and she was then taking, I guess, three medications when she came to see you at the age of 38. And yeah. I think that's just a wonderful example of the kind of patient you work with, and I'm wondering if you can share with our listeners a little bit about your work with Annette. 
Yeah, sure. This is a very common problem. Um, countless number of people have gastrointestinal distress, um, abdominal discomfort, abdominal pain, cramps, sometimes diarrhea, sometimes constipation. It's such a common problem. <clears throat> and it's frequently associated with neuro and psychiatric issues. Many people who have gut issues over time also develop anxiety or depression or even cognitive changes. You know, I see this so frequently that someone who was an executive and their mind was sharp, they never had lapses in memory, they had never had trouble recalling words or name recall, they never suffered from anxiety or depression. But now they, they have all these symptoms and they're suffering from all of these problems and they're not the same person. There's cognitive changes and at the same time, there's significant gastrointestinal problems. And they're wondering, well, what's going on? What's the connection? Why do I have these seemingly disparate symptoms and problems? They go to the gastroenterologist. Usually they go to one, a second one, sometimes four or five had the colonoscopies, had the endoscopies, had MRIs. Invariably, they found nothing. Once in a while, they'll find that they'll come up with a diagnosis of colitis, um, ulcerative colitis or Crohn's. Most of the time, they're just left with a diagnosis called irritable bowel syndrome, and which is a wastebasket diagnosis. Um, sometimes they're given, you know, a medication or two, usually not effective, which is mildly effective if they have colitis or um, Crohn's, sometimes steroids, sometimes uh, Plaquenil or other medications or biological medications. And sometimes there's some improvement. Invariably, there isn't, especially the patients that come to me. And they're suffering for years. And nothing seems to be helping. Those are the patients that I see. And the common denominator is alterations in the microbiome. <clears throat> the microbiome, again, are the trillions of bacteria that reside within us that play a critical role in maintaining our health and improving our health. When these trillions of bacteria are not, are not optimal in health, if they're diminished in, in their sheer number, if uh, the diversity has been altered, now they lose their great ability to maintain our health. The immune system could suffer, <clears throat> causing inflammation. Um, it could lead to gastrointestinal dysfunction, gastrointestinal wall, leaky gut syndrome, and no one's helping them. The answer is healing the microbiome because when the microbiome is not healthy, there's gut issues and there's brain issues because the microbiome has a very intimate uh, and intricate and extricable connection to the brain. They're constantly communicating. So when the, that's the common denominator behind these two types of problems, an altered microbiome. Now, if you go to a gastroenterologist, invariably you're not getting help. And if you go to a psychiatrist, you're not going to get help either. Hmm. Well, not the help that you deserve. They'll say... Well, the doctor wanted to put me on an antidepressant. But Dr. Kelman, I, I haven't been depressed. 
I'm not a depressed person. I've never been depressed. It's just the last year, two years, three years, eight years that, my, that I've had gut problems at the same time. I don't know what's happening, but that's not me. I can't be on this antidepressant. I want to know what's happening, the cause, and what's linking these two issues that I have, the guts and, the, and all these brain changes. And that's why they come to me. And by healing the microbiome, by using microbiome medicine, it's not just about throwing in probiotics. It's a complex discipline in medicine, microbiome medicine, by following the different uh, chapters in this new science of microbiome medicine, we can help these people, finally. And that's the only thing that will help them. And I see thousands of patients who have the same story, variations of the same. We heal the microbiome, the gut gets better, the brain gets better, and finally, patients who've been diagnosed with so-called irritable bowel syndrome, who've been suffering for years, who have inflammation, or inflammatory diseases, Crohn's and colitis, they could finally, finally get better. So this really is a whole new uh, possibility, a whole new modality of treatment, and that is the treatment for, I think, uh, a group of patients, not a group, a, a huge, huge group of people suffering with various forms of gastrointestinal disorders and distress. And this is the answer to them. You know, I was astounded in your book to see that in in just 24 hours, we can completely change our microbiome. Is is, is that right? Am I getting that right? Well, well, it's not that simple. I mean, usually <laughs> to make it worse, it could get worse within 24 hours. Oh, okay. To make it better, it takes more than 24 hours. Um, you know, you could begin to make changes. It's... You may start seeing some improvement in five days or a week, but this is not an overnight cure. But it's, you know, there are two roads. You could take the short and long road or the long and short road. The short and long road is taking this drug or that drug or some quick cures. But in the end, it's a very long road that goes almost, that goes nowhere for so many. But then there's the long road that is really the short road. The long road is taking the time, going through the stages, going through this process of microbiome medicine and the various uh, aspects of treatment in some time, but in the end it's the short road. And it's the road that's going to get you to your destination. I would assume that there is a there are a huge number of patients that come to you who have experienced heavy doses of antibiotics at some point. Of um, of how how big a role does that play in the patients that you yeah. see? Oh, it's vast. It's vast. But I can tell you this: I'll have patients who tell me, you know, I've been suffering for eight years, six years, eleven years, two years, gut issues. Horrible. I can't live my life. Abdominal pain, cramps, diarrhea, constipation. I can't be at a meeting because I'm constantly in pain or constant discomfort. And I talk to them, and they tell me, you know, years ago, yeah, I was put on Tylosec, or I was put on Pepsid, or Dexamine. Oh, yeah, why? And, oh, because I had some reflux. Oh, did 
did they stop it? No, I'm still on it. They've been on it for two years, for three mm-hmm. years. And now, while then they had reflux, now they have all kinds of gastrointestinal symptoms, and no one made the link, connected the dots, between that medication and what they're experiencing now. And use of proton pump inhibitors is probably a bigger problem than antibiotics itself. Hmm. Antibiotics is overuse of antibiotics, but also the antibiotics that we consume and the chicken that we eat, of course. But an even more severe problem is the use and the overuse of the proton pump inhibitors. And I can tell you most of, most of the listeners um, here who are suffering from various gastrointestinal disorders, a large percentage have been on proton pump inhibitors, uh, like toxinoplasmosis, et cetera. Um, in the past, usually for much more than a month, probably many months or years, or they're on it now. Um, and that's, and even if they were on it eight years ago for a year or six months, that could be the reason why they're suffering now. Um, so that's something that you know, we need to really take heed of. And the other unknown cause is adverse experiences, adverse, especially adverse childhood experiences. And I talk about this in my book. I encourage every single listener to read about adverse childhood experiences, and it will change your life. It will really become a more sensitive person and understand how our actions can hurt others, can hurt children, um, and, and, and the lasting impact that it has, how it impacts on the microbiome and then and then how that leads to diseases later on. Um, that is perhaps the number one cause of microbiome dysfunction and disease associated with alteration of the microbiome. Of the microbiome. This is the most important point, in my opinion, in all of functional medicine. Every, every conference in functional medicine and it talks about autoimmune disorders. It talks about gastrointestinal disorders. It talks about the microbiome. If we're not speaking about this, it's not a good conference. It's a conference that should never be repeated. If you're missing the most important and the most fundamental cause of all of these problems. So we need to take heed of this cause. And I encourage everyone to, to read the, the chapter in my book that talks about adverse childhood experiences. One of the classic footprints of an unhealthy microbiome is inflammation. Can you it just sort of, I, I know most of us are familiar with that. We've heard about inflammation, but what exactly does it do to our body? Yeah, you know, look, the immune system is critical. We, it needs to be, to a certain degree, active and activated, right? Because the, it's, it's always controlling anything that doesn't belong in our ecology, whether it's a toxin, whether it's a bacteria, overgrowth of certain bacteria that have to be put in check so that the microbiome is in a balanced ecology. You need an immune system that sends out messenger molecules to recruit other members of the immune system and they produce certain compounds that, have, that, that are dangerous, that can cause damage. Um, 
It could damage a, a, a microbe. It can um, break down a toxin, etc. Um, but when it's overly active, it can hurt the very systems and the, the and us. That's the immune system is charged to protect because it's so imbalanced. The inflammation of the immune system is so overactive, it's beginning to hurt us. So that's what inflammation means. When the microbiome, the microbiome balances the immune system, it keeps it at its appropriate level of, act, of activation. If the microbiome is not healthy, it can't control it. So the immune system could be overly active. Then that could cause disease. It could break down our own tissue. And then that's associated with a wide variety of symptoms, from the brain to the gut to, to the joints, you name it. And that's inflammation. And by the way, um, the psychosocial elements um, can also lead to inflammation. Adverse childhood experiences lead to inflammation as well, to profound inflammation, to even autoimmune disorders. So there are many um, causes of um, inflammation. And yes, uh, inflammation is an underlying um, cause of, of many, many dis- diseases and symptoms. But an altered microbiome is even a deeper cause of the, the inflammation cause. You also focus on the new ways of looking at brain health. Can you share with our listeners just what do you mean about what are some of these new ways of looking at brain health? Well, you know, it goes back to um, the function uh, of the brain and its relationship to the microbiome, how the microbiome is functioning. I look at it as the whole brain, that the brain is not just what is found above the neck. Um, it's also what's found below the neck in the, in the gut. The, the bacteria, they form a complex whole, uh, this bidirectional communication between the, the, the bacteria and the brain, um, and they're constantly speaking to each other. Uh, if the microbiome is sending sick alarm signals to the brain, it will change the way the brain is functioning. Um, as a uh, sort of like a defense mechanism or it, it, needs, it gets the brain into a certain state of immediate concern rather than the, the, the big, big picture of growth and development and keeping inflammation that, you know, in check. So in order to understand and heal the brain and improve the brain, we have to imp- heal and improve the microbiome. We also have to understand how the mitochondria, that's the organelle in each cell that is where energy is produced, is actually a bacteria. They are um, part of this whole evolutionary um, chain, um, and they're basically bacterial cells that have come into our cells to give us a helping hand to help our cells produce energy. So the, the, the mitochondria is in constant communication with the microbiome. There's, there's research now to show the interconnectedness between the microbiome and the mitochondria. I call it M&M, M&Ms. That, so if you want to heal the brain, you have to understand 
the communication between um, the micro, the mitochondria and the microbiome. And, and when you know what that dialogue is about, you then can, you know, begin to improve both the function of the, of the mitochondria and the function of the microbiome. And what happens then is that the brain improves. So there's better brain function. Um, so that's, you know, pretty fundamental in, you know, in improving and rebooting and uh, I look at it like a renovation of brain health. So increasing level of brain function that could continue as we get older. Um, it doesn't have to deteriorate. I mean, on some, some aspects will decline, but at the same time, other aspects of the brain in aging could even get better. So, this is what I've just described is, you know, chapter one and chapter two. And then there's the use of technology. Of, uh, well, of course, natural compounds, which a tremendous role, um, which I'll get to in a second. But I also use um, photomodulation using light and aspects of the electromagnetic field and laser therapy uh, to improve cellular function, for mitochondrial function. You know, I was just at a, an exhibit of the um, fish in the, in the Pacific Ocean, and I, I learned that the number one form of communication in the animal world is um, bioluminescence, is the transmission of information through light. So light, uh, energy, uh, the electromagnetic field and light is a fundamental principle of nature. So we could use it. This is what I mean about ecological medicine, about seeing the big picture and extrapolating a theme of nature from one area to another. And I use light therapy, laser, electromagnetic fields to improve mitochondrial function, to improve cellular function in the brain. Um, So one is this machine I use called the Novothor, which is, it looks like a tanning bed, but it's just, it's a 360-degree laser, um, profound improvement in brain function. And then another um, technology called the magnosphere, it's a, just it's lying in a, in a nice reclining, reclining chair, and there's an electromagnetic field around you that our cells perfectly resonate with. It's associated with profound healing. I have patients with Parkinson's and multiple sclerosis and depression and anxiety and migraine headaches, who see incredible improvement just from that one therapy. Hmm. And then the natural compounds, you know, there's so many, whether it's, you know, curcumin and resveratrol and NADH and NAD plus and reducing inflammation. And I love the use of phenobutyrate and we do IVs. The, the list goes on. There's a, today there's uh, incredible opportunity um, and really new treatments available for, for a wide variety of neurodegenerative disorders for, for improving neurological function at any age, a rebooting and improvement of neurological function and a, a profound treatment for neurodegenerative disorders and neurodevelopmental disorders. I'm not saying cure, but I'm talking about profound treatments that can have a significant impact in neurological function. 
And in your book, you focus on a four-week, four-step microbiome protocol. Could you yeah. tell us about step one, the microbiome breakthrough diet? Well, yeah, I mean, of course, the is to be sensitive to the types of foods that our bacteria like and need for uh, its own health. And so there's, you know, microbiome superfoods. Uh, look, all vegetables and salads or, you know, greens are great for the microbiome, fiber foods. But there's some foods that are specifically very, very good for the microbiome, like jicama and leeks and radishes. And, and I, I outline many, many microbiome superfoods. So, uh, and then, of course, fermented foods. Um, so that's, you know, that's pretty fundamental in getting on this microbiome bandwagon. Um, but it's, it's also changing the way we think, the way we understand nature, the way we understand ourselves. The, to, to, to begin to see the unseen world is very, you know, is a very important component in the microbiome journey, the microbiome healing journey. Um, because, you know, as unscientific as this may sound to an old way of thinking is that when we are conscious of the microbiome of bacteria, it actually impacts their function. Um, and, you know, it is a scientific statement, but, you know, but not the science that's on the surface. So it's, it, First and foremost, it's a ch- change in the way we think, and it's a change in, in, in the way we're eating and how we're eating and what we're eating. This is, you know, fundamental components of the microbiome journey to good health. I have to tell you, Dr. Kelman, that I had an experience that was really somewhat surprising to me. I guess it shouldn't have been, but I was up over after the holidays, was up visiting some relatives, and it was uh, cold weather. We weren't getting out much. We were staying put inside a cabin for four days, unfortunately doing a lot of eating along the way, and came back and realized, oh, need to need to lose a few pounds, and thought, you know, I'm going to try this microbiome diet approach. I had just read your first book at that point, and um, cut out because two of my favorite foods were cheeses and breads, and <laughs> cut cut out those two items. And and I, my husband and I have always been pretty good about eating a somewhat clean diet of lots of fruits and vegetables. So it was more a matter for me of cutting out some things, and. <laughs> I have to tell you, I was astounded by the results. I mean, I not only lost lost the weight I was hoping to lose, but I lost more weight than I was hoping to lose. And <laughs> what amazed me even more was how much better I felt. Um, right. I right. I didn't even know I had brain fog, frankly. Right. <laughs> I think I was so used to it. I just didn't. But I right. really could tell a difference, right. and I was pretty astounded yeah. by that. Yeah, but I'm sure a, that's a reaction that a lot of your time. patients have. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you also in your book talk about a modified version of this diet called the SIBO yeah. relief diet. Can you share with us what that is and how it differs from the regular microbiome breakthrough diet? Well, you know, there's overlap. You know, there's sometimes there's certain, um, especially when there's bloating, you know, you want to um, reduce certain specific foods, 
You want to be lighter on the um, fermented foods. Um, so, you know, look, in the end, it's, it's really, you know, a good sense diet in, the sen- in, in that you, you want to, you know, eliminate a lot of the unhealthy foods. Um, that we know of, but even before that, just start adding some of the healthy foods, you know, whether it's more vegetables, more salads, some of the, you know, superfoods, microbiome superfoods, just adding a little bit of this. You'll see even after a week, your types of foods that you're craving is going to change. Yeah. So that's that's a fundamental, you don't have to, you know, go into all the complexities of the diet. Don't even, you know, the first week, don't bother cutting out anything. Just add these these good foods. You'll see slowly you're not going to want some of these unhealthy foods. And then you're going to just, you know, you, you, you'll choose. For many people, it's, you know, cutting out gluten. It's cutting out um, sometimes even gluten-free oats. A lot of people have problems with. So gluten-free does not mean that you're going to do great on eating oats that are gluten-free. So cut out gluten Cut out oats, perhaps, for a few weeks. Um, some people um, should cut out dairy. Um, but if it's too difficult, cut out one food group at a time. Cut out the gluten. Then you could cut out dairy if you're still not improving. And then you could cut out soy. And, and then you see how you're doing. You don't have to follow all the recipes. Follow it. Pick and choose. You can make the microbiome diet much easier. Um, so, because sometimes people say to me, "Look, it's it's complex. You have to have all you know, almost have a chef to make all you." No, you don't <laughs> have to. You don't have to. Just eat some of the, the healthy microbiome superfoods. You know, pick and choose a few of the recipes, and you'll do fine. And if if you could recommend to our listeners, uh, I know you talk about supplements in step two of the microbiome protocol. Uh, could you share with our listeners some of the most important supplements that you you would recommend? I'll tell you, for a lot of people, it's it's taking enzymes and hydrochloric acids called betaine HCL, but you have to be careful because some people uh, could feel symptoms just by taking one pill. So what you do is. You take HCL, betaine HCL, uh, at the end of the meal. You start with one pill at the end of your meal. If you don't feel any uh, symptoms like burning or pain or even a heat sensation, then the next day, try two pills at the end of the meal. If, again, you don't feel any symptoms, the next day, go to three. If you feel something then, like pain or burning or even like go down to two, and you know, go go don't go much more higher than three or four, you know, without the assistance of some health professional. If you can't find one, then you know, go up a little bit more if you think you could tolerate it, because deficiencies in HCL is quite common, not for everyone, but for many people. And then enzymes, taking digestive enzymes, take that at the beginning of the meal. Uh, very simple, very basic. I think those are very, very important um, supplements for the gut. And then prebiotics. Now, some prebiotics could cause bloating in some people, so, um, and, but some are better. Some don't. You know, apple pectin is less likely to cause bloating. The cassia uh, um, powder, a prebiotic, less likely. 
another one called XOS. So there are prebiotics that you could use. The probiotics, um, it really depends on the type of problem you have. Um, but if it's just basic um, gut issues, um, Bifidobacter longum would be a good strain uh, to get if it's one probiotic uh, for gastrointestinal dysfunction. If it's also associated with depression and anxiety, then you, you should try to get the strains of Lactobacillus rhamnosus um, or Lactobacillus plantarum. So here there are three different types of probiotics that you should consider um, in, in, the, in probiotic supplementation, but don't forget about the prebiotics as well. But again, if you get bloating, then you need to change the type of prebiotic that you're using or just or reduce the dose. So those are One the basic the, supplements. Okay. For the, yeah. And one of the things I really appreciate about both of your books is that you include some recipes in there. Yeah. Uh, yes. And I, I'm, I'm curious, do you, are there any favorite recipes that you hear a lot from your patients that they particularly like or that you particularly oh, like? Oh, I get, I get great feedback. These recipes are amazing. Really, I, they should be out there. They're, they're amazing. I, so many of the recipes are good. I love the soups. Um, I get great feedback in general. Um, I would, wouldn't focus too much on the smoothies um, because that, that I don't get, I don't get negative feedback really, maybe once in a while, but I don't hear positive feedback. I hear positive feedback about everything else. Okay. So leave the smoothies out unless you're really doing great, then you could add it. Okay. You also talk about minerals and herbs. Um, are yeah. there particular ones that you you could mention for our listeners? Yeah. yeah I mean, look, look. I I think berberine is a great um, uh, back, it's a great herb. Um, it, it improves um, insulin sensitivity, and it also has uh, it prunes the microbiome. It balances the microbiome. I like. Um, Called the Ortho. Um, I like. Um, I, I have a compound called uh, Microbiome Dysbiocidal, which is a very unique compound. It's a slow release oregano oil, and it's the slow release nature of the compound that makes it so effective. It's called Dysbiocidal. Um, so there's different ones I use also. Um, sometimes myrrh, um, grapefruit seed extract. Um, there's so many that I use uh, for balancing the microbiome. Those are the um, uh, the herbs that you could call, um, I hate to use the term, antimicrobial botanicals. I, I like using the word pruning. It balances the microbiome. It prunes the microbiome, the herbs that I just mentioned. And in step four of the protocol, you talk about the foundation of healing, which is to activate your will, to tap into your own innate desire to receive and to give. Could you tell us a little bit more about the importance of this and, and perhaps some suggestions right. for how we go about doing this? Right. It's, it's really to give, first and foremost, is, is to act. There's a, there's a part of us, the deepest aspect of a human being is their will. And it's not willpower, but it's a will to give. It's a will to give of who you are in, in, in selflessly. 
It's a give. It's a will to impart. It's a will to take care of another. It's a will to be um, um, interested in the well-being, in the caring of the other. And but we also have a profound will to receive. In fact, that is our most profound um, aspect of who we are. But it's in, it's the will to receive. To give is the highest form of receiving. So these are two fundamental um, drives within us that become one when there's a a selfless aspect to these, um, these forces within us. And when we experience that, we experience tremendous inner power we experience our true selves. And when, when we're in that state, all aspects of who we are, all parts of our physiology are all aiming and moving in the same direction. And it's, it's, a, it's a profound experience. It's a dose of a spontaneous remission. And that is the activation of, um, of the will. Uh, I, it has to be, it's a subject in itself. Um, so I encourage people to read a little bit about it. Um, uh, there'll be f- future books about this important um, aspect of, of healing um, and awakening the, the aspect of who we are that unfortunately is asleep for so many. Um, and by doing this, we, we, this type of a therapy, quote unquote, th- this is the best way to heal the trauma of the past. This is the best way to unite the past, the present, and the future, and to become the, our true selves. It's a tremendous empowerment, and I encourage people to to learn more about this um, this idea of the will. And I want to just in the few moments that we have left, I'm wondering if you can share with us a little bit about the Kelman Center for Integrative and Functional Medicine that. Uh, is part of your life in New York City. Could you tell us a little bit about yeah. the center? Sure. I mean, look, my my, my goal is um, it's always been this way. It is my goal um, to create the ultimate healing center in the world that where every aspect of health is woven together seamlessly and we offer the most frontier and profound treatments by using um, the this, this so-called will therapy or spiritual dimension, by understanding the role of the psychological and emotional components of our health, by understanding the microbiome, by incorporating the unseen world into our treatments, um, understanding the unseen world and how that will help us to understand what we do see and how it changes the field of medicine, uh, and the use of the technology to augment and to accelerate the, um, our, our, our inner power to improve, to restore, to, to heal, uh, and, and to understand the impediments uh, that's blocking our ability to heal, uh, and, and to use the technology to augment, amplify, and accelerate healing systems within us. 
and, and that's taking advantage of the great new technologies that we have today. Dr. Kelman, we so appreciate your being with us this evening. This is such important information and a fascinating topic, and I'm sure the background and the information you've provided tonight will be so beneficial to so many of our listeners. Oh, thank I'm so you again. glad. I'm so happy. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate oh, it. Thank you. Well, okay. next month I want to let our listeners know that we're going to be continuing a conversation about functional medicine because on Tuesday, March 5th, I hope you'll be able to join us for a conversation with Dr. Patrick Hannaway. Dr. Hannaway is considered one of the leading experts in the field of functional medicine and has done a lot of research related to that topic. So we're looking forward to having him with us next month on Tuesday, March 5th. And our guest on Tuesday, April 9th, will be Lynn Farrow, who is author of The Iodine Crisis, What You Don't Know About Iodine Can Wreck Your Life. And we're delighted that later this year, several other nationally respected leaders in the field of integrative health will be joining us, including Dr. Christopher Winter, who is a sleep researcher, neurologist, and author of The Sleep Solution, Why Your Sleep is Broken and How to Fix It, who will be with us on June 4th, and Dr. Douglas Fields, a neuroscientist and an international authority on brain development, and author of the books The Other Brain and Why We Snap, who will be our guest on August 6th. And if you'd like to listen to some of our previous Learning Well programs, you can do so at your convenience since the programs are archived. All you need to do is simply Google Edge Blog Talk Radio Learning Well Archives, and a list of the programs will pop up with the guests listed for each program. Some of our previous guests on Learning Well, uh, whose programs you can access in that way, have included Janice Kaplan, author of The Gratitude Diaries, Dr. Donald Abrams, a nationally recognized holistic oncologist, and Annie Brandt, a survivor of stage 4 cancer, who's gone on to write a wonderful book called The Healing Platform. So if you enjoy our Learning Well programs and know of others who might also welcome the opportunity to learn more about a variety of integrative and holistic health topics, we encourage them to join us the first Tuesday each month for Learning Well or to access our archive programs. And in closing, I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Raphael Kelman and the Integrative Health Education Center at Normandale Community College for sponsoring our Learning Well series. And I'd also like to take a moment to thank you for being with us tonight. I know there are many other things that you could be doing. So we hope you enjoyed tonight's program and also hope you can join us for our next Learning Well program on Tuesday, March 5th, for our conversation with the nationally recognized authority in the field of functional medicine, Dr. Patrick Hannaway. Until then, stay warm and stay well. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.